Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist's work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is Larry Reinhardt. Larry was born in California but spent his childhood in Northern Oregon, although he eventually returned to California to complete his artistic studies and graduated from the Art Center College of Design with a Bachelor's of Fine Art degree with an Honors of Distinction. Once out of college, he bought a house at the base of the San Gorgonio Wilderness in Southern California and started a company for commercial illustration. Larry has made a choice to back away from the commercial art world so he can paint and share the things he loves in life and share them with new people who love art and artists who create them. Well, good morning, Larry, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Thank you, Mike. Good morning to you as well. Well, thank you, and uh, let's start off the show this morning uh, by telling the audience a little bit more about yourself, Larry. So like you said, Mike, I'm, I'm a Southern California artist. I live down here in the bright blue skies, and primarily what I what I work on here in my studio are large contemporary oil paintings that have a, a surreal twist to them. Um, I, I I create a stage with my art, and I, and I, I try and tell a story to everyone. Um, that that story can be personal to me, but when other people Start when the other people view it, they create their their own kind of stories, which is kind of in tandem with what I what I where I'm directing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but they get their own experience from my art, and that's that's the one thing I I've always loved about what what I do personally, and what where where I got burned out on the on the contemporary art, like you were saying, was. There's there's a big difference in creating art for a product package versus something that I want to say, and and it becomes much more about, or I should say, less about the product and more about the artist, and that's that's what I want to, so that's what I've been working on for the past four years, and that's that's kind of who I am. Well, Larry, your art is very interesting, and we're going to talk about that later on in the show, but. Uh, so where do you get the inspiration for your art? Um, the inspiration comes from all over the place. Um, I, I, I get it from from my travels. I, I travel up to Oregon, back to my home state a lot. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll see things on TV. I'll hear something in music. Um, I, I, I go to church and I, I hear things that that are talked about and, and just the it could be the smallest little butterfly tw- twinkling through the grass out here and, and something about it will spark an imagination. And then I, I start thinking about it. I get the sketchbook out and it just 
goes on and on from there. So I, I, I have to say that life is what inspires me, that everything around me is what inspires me. That's that's kind of vague, but that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> well, no, not at all, not at all. Well, uh, a lot of artists will use, uh, you know, will take a photograph and work from a photograph. Uh, your art, I would imagine, you don't do that. So do you draw out your art prior to painting? Oh, oh yes. I've coming from the commercial art world and, and having a, an illustration major from, from my college. That's one of the things that I've always been taught is you, you develop your ideas with, with quick sketches. Uh, you, you work on your, your color studies and, and, it, and you go in stages. So, in, in in my sketchbook, I'll have anywhere from three to ten variations of the same idea, but I'm I'm just trying different things. Some of them I, I let sit for, you know, a week or two, then I come back to it, and at that point I I might say, no, this is ridiculous. I'm I'm going to move on, or I still see something there that that inspires me, and I and I build it. Um, I'll, I'll I'll get to a point where I where I take it out of my sketchbook because my sketchbook is more like a diary and, mm. and it's just a place for me to jog ideas and when, when I move on to I, I usually do all my drawings on this regular typing paper just eight and a half by mm. eleven um, mm. but when I move on to that stage that that's that's a key that this painting is probably going to get moved on fairly quickly now and, and probably painted um, And but when, when I move on to my onto my white paper like this, that's that's when I start thinking about what size am I going to paint it, what what is it going to be proportional to. Um, once I develop the drawing, then it, and I, I've already started thinking about it in my head about the colors and everything, but I'll, I'll take a photocopy of my drawing and, and I'll start practicing different color palettes to see, well, I, I like this one thing, I really want red, so what should everything else be around it? And, and I start developing mm-hmm. just just with my colored pencils, my 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 little color study. Um, a, after the color study's done, I, I I I know whether or not at that point whether I'm going to paint the painting or not. And mm-hmm. and if it's if it's if it's a no, it stops right there. If it's a yes, then I I move on and I project it large. But most of my paintings are. You know, there. I, I I really enjoy the, the 36 inch by 48 inch, the three foot by four foot canvases. Mm-hmm. That's my preferred. Right. Um, but when, when I when I when I'm doing my drawing and working things out, I'm I'm drawing maybe four inches by six inches. In that, so so when you take a small drawing like that and you blow it up, things just don't look right. You know, and you and you start seeing, mm-hmm. ooh, this. I, I need to rework this composition because it's even though it's proportional, it, it just doesn't work when it's big. So I usually project um, my drawings, that little artograph projector, and I project it again, and then it gets redrawn again. And th- this is where I fix all my last-minute stuff. And from that point on, it's it's paint. I, I move into the painting process. Well, so then on the canvas, do you? Uh... You, so you do you do a sketch on the canvas prior to starting to paint? Is that correct? I I when I transfer when I enlarge my painting, it's usually onto another 
uh, I, I I just use butcher paper or or the paper that uh-huh. you, you you could buy at the home centers for for masking off for painting. It it just large rolls of inexpensive paper. That's what I usually do my final drawings on. Um, and I on on the canvas itself, it I, I I'll add texture. Um, I'll I'll do a a colored backgrounds. Usually it's a dark color, like a dark brown or a black. Uh, but but this is where I start prepping the canvas, and, and once I get to the point where I, I've got the base of the board down that I want, I've got the base mm-hmm. color down that I want, then I transfer the drawing onto the canvas. Um, I, I usually just use chalk. I use the just the cheap sidewalk chalk that you can buy at any store, and I rub that on the on the back of the paper, and I use that as a transfer medium. And so I just basically, I'll, I'll draw draw out the simplest form from my from my finished drawing. I'll I'll, I'll draw out mm-hmm. just what I need to get the paint to get the painting on the board, and then from that point on, it's it, it's paint. It's moving the paint from that point on. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yep. Well, that's very interesting. The the process you go through there, Larry. Then. Uh, so once you start putting the paint on the canvas, how long does it take you then on average to complete a piece? <laughs> that, that is a tricky question right there. <laughs> That's a tricky question. <laughs> um, see, I, in, in my studio presently, I have seven paintings going on right now. Um <laughs> What, what, one of them, for for instance, I, I was I was doing a blog post where I was showing daily updates of my, of my painting, and mm-hmm. it got to a point where I was more in tune to the blog and less about the painting, and the and the painting started started to fit, to fail, and and I saw it coming, and then I I just say you know what this this is ridiculous I'm 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 ruining. I'm, I'm ruining what I, the vision I had, just so I could explain to to, to people my process. And it's like this, it, it it just didn't make sense to me. I was I was going off in, mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. That happened to be right before a vacation, so I I left for a week. And when I came back, the the, the painting is completely changed now. I, I've I've gone in with 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 a sander and I've taken stuff out. I've I've wiped out the whole background and I kept the I, I had to sit here for a couple of days and just tell myself, what about this painting had me at first and why did I want to do it? And it was to keep the two mm-hmm. key elements in there. And, I mean, it's, it's hard to describe over a, a radio show, but I'm, I'm, I'm back to being happy with the painting. Um, but, in you know, in in reality, this, this painting should have been done a month ago. You know, it, it, it should have been completed before I went on vacation. Um, so, re- really, when, when people, because I, I get asked that question so much, how long does it take you to mm-hmm. to paint it? And to, to be honest, I'm 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 44 years old, so it's taken me 44 years to to get to the point where I'm at, and that, that's 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 pretty close. <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's an ongoing process. Um, I, I've got to the point with with some paintings where I. I, I'll, I'll lose that that spark, and they'll, they'll sit in my studio for a month, and 
next thing you know, I'm out there with the with the hand with the electric sander, and I'm taking it all down to it so I can reuse. You know, if it if it's a piece of board, a piece of wood, mm-hmm. just just so I could reuse it and start over and do something else. Um, there, there's there's other paintings where, you know, it, a, a couple weeks and they're almost done. So so it, it it varies greatly. Well, I find that fascinating what you said about the blog. Uh, I know, and there's actually a few artists that I do follow that that have a blog and. You know, showing the, uh, the start to finish of uh, an art piece that they're working on, and I've often wondered if um, the blog sometimes gets in the way of the uh, of the creation. So that, that's kind of uh, interesting to know that uh, yes, sometimes it can get in the way of the creation. <laughs> oh, it, it, the 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 worst part was it, or because I I started out wanting to. To show everyone my my daily schedule, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is what I well, this is what I completed. And there were days that I would come down and, you know, what I, I don't I don't want to paint today, or I don't want to paint this today. I, mm-hmm. I I had this miraculous thing happen to me yesterday, and I want to get that down and and do some stuff. And and, and there there was in this process there was a painting that really, I mean, ev- everything about my drawing it captured me. And if it wasn't for that blog, I, I would have stopped painting as well, and I would have moved on to the next painting just so I could, you know, get my excitement down on, on under the board. But I, mm-hmm. but I, I felt stuck. I felt trapped again. And, and I started that. I once once I got that feeling I had back in in my commercial days where it was all time, 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 <laughs> now, now, now. That that's when, I, that's right. when all the red flags came up, and, and I. You know what? This this is bad. This is the wrong direction. This is not for me. But I do find it, it uh, entertaining as well as enlightening when um, you know the artists kind of go through. I appreciate that they would share you know their time, but I, I do think, and I know some do all of their art that way. I I just think that you know that that may be a, a bit overkill and and you're correct you certainly whatever you're doing you don't want that should never get in way of the creative process and what excites you yes yes and that that's that's one of the great things about being an artist and and doing the things we do is you know we we get inspired and, and we go with it and that that's mm-hmm. that's what drives us that's what pushes us that's what we live for and and if we deny that to ourselves, then then what what are we doing? What, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry, we're at a good spot here, I think, to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, talk about uh, some of the art that you have here on the gallery at Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Okay. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Larry Reinhardt's artwork by going to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and click on the uh, Search by Artist, Featured Artist, and then follow it to Larry Reinhardt's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants. So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner tab at the bottom and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer, architect, or just a lover of art, 
who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists from around the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or even, of course, by the individual artist. And again, to view Larry Reinhardt's beautiful arts, click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to Larry Reinhardt's name. Larry, let's talk about uh, some of the art you have here. Let's uh, talk, tell the audience about To Dig Deep. To Dig Deep, um, that one, when, when I, I, I to, to get into that, I have to backtrack a little bit. Um, <laughs> when I decided to leave the commercial art world, I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready because I, I had I had all these great ideas, um, but nothing to show for it. And so to support me and my family, I, I needed a job. Um, and I, I I happened to go in, into land surveying. Um, I, I've always been good with math and all that, so I, you know, and and I love being outside. So it kind of felt fit right in. And and that that land surveying job really. Um, one, one it, it freed me, so so I was free to think of all the stuff. Um, it 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 made me travel around my local, you know, all of Southern California for for this company. So it really got me out, and it got me thinking a lot. Um, to, to dig deep is it it comes from that point in my life when when I was out there and I was seeing all this and I was. Um, it, it's it's amazing what you see early in the morning or all day when you're out on a construction site and, and you you see the the people going to school, you see the people shopping, you, you see life happening around you, and and that's that stuff. It was all not really new to me, but it, it was new because now I'm immersed in that versus being immersed in my hundred square foot studio here at my. You know, d- doing the illustration work, I was at my drafting table all day long, mm-hmm. and, and now I'm out in in the world, seeing people and thinking, "Oh, wow, they're 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 this place is inhabited." Um, but but <laughs> <laughs> to to get back to the to dig deep painting, um, that one it's it's got a little bit of Latin up there on top of it, and I'm, I'm not very good with Latin or anything, but it, it says. Scientia Fidelis Descendant, or, or something like that. Um, that that basically translates into knowledge protects the faithful ones, um, and 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 Luke six forty six, which which is another. These are little clues I place in my paintings, uh, but the Luke mm-hmm. six forty six that's that's written in there. Um, that's about wise and foolish builders, um, and then of course you have the big tractor. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what I what I try and do with my paintings is, I, I, I want to tell a story, but at the same time I want anybody to walk up to my paintings and say, "Wow, this is an awesome painting," just for the sake of, I've, I've never seen a tractor suspended by wires. This is totally cool. <laughs> and and that that person could could probably care less about the meaning or the story or whatever, and I'm fine. Other people walk up to the same painting and they and they they immediately want to know, well, what what does it mean? 
what does it mean? And and, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm purposely targeting both. I, I want you to enjoy my art, but at the same time, the more you look, the more you you start seeing little things I put in there, and it and it I want the viewer to start thinking about it. Well, what does this mean? What is maybe I can get my smartphone out and Google what this this word this Latin <laughs> phrase means. You know, what does Luke six forty six mean? And then they they start taking these clues I've left, these breadcrumbs, and they start saying, "Oh, I think the painting's about this." Um, so so what what is that painting about? The I, I've I've been on construction sites. Where where we're we're doing rough grade rough rough grade is where all the tractors come in and you have hills with weeds growing and and they they need to make it flat to put the houses on the building on or whatever that that's called rough grade mm-hmm. and so you have these giant earth moving machines out there and 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 we we always generally started in the morning and the fuel the fuel guys the mechanics or the tractors they would come out they they would start kicking on the tractors, getting them warmed up for the drivers, you know, making sure they're topped off with with gas. And, and I have personally seen a car pull up to the construction site. The car will stop. Two, three, four kids will get out and jump the construction barriers and go up to look at these tractors. And, and it's, it's usually dad driving the car. I, I, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but it's it's usually dad causing causing the, the problem here, but they, they, they probably don't realize it, but these tractors, if, if a pressure hose breaks or anything like that happens, these tractors can, they, they can shift, they can move, you know, or, mm-hmm. or if the drivers show up and they jump in to go and they don't know the kids and they're, they're, that they're they're playing Russian roulette with these tractors out there, and and I, <laughs> I I I found it absolutely amazing how people will go out of their way to do something that that I, I I'm sure deep down inside they know it's dangerous, but you know they it's also exhilarating and stuff, just just like riding mm-hmm. motocross or jumping out of an airplane with a parachute. We people tend to go out of their way. For 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 these dangerous things, and I've always wondered, well, how come they don't go out of their way to to preserve their life, to protect their life, to <laughs> save their life, like like going to church and stuff like that? And, and that's what I was trying to say with this with this tractor pain was, hey, look at this cool tractor, find out what the meeting is, and and once they start looking at and trying to find out the meeting for themselves, they they've done the I, I hopefully they have done the very thing that I wanted them to do, which was open a Bible, just 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 to see what possibilities are out there. So, and that's that's the purpose of the painting right there. Well, you are correct. There is a lot. <clears throat> there is a lot in your paintings. Uh, I know I found myself staring at them for quite some time because there there is a lot to see and it. They do catch your eye, I'm sure, when you do shows with your paintings that uh, you get a lot of um, reaction from visitors because uh, your paintings do just kind of suck you in real quick and to take a look at me. Yeah, and it's, I, 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 have, I have other artists because I'll 
locally here, I'll, I'll go to, I'll go down and I'll do a couple shows every year just in my local community. Um, mm-hmm. where, where where we set up the booths, you know, and 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 do that whole thing, which personally I, I I don't like the whole idea of taking my art outside and selling it um, like that. Um, but it, it's something I do just just to meet the people, just to, so my community can see what I'm doing and ask me questions and stuff. But but the the other artists, they always pick up on the fact that, I, I, again, I, I don't mean to be stereotypical, but it's it's usually the guy following the wife around, and the wife is <laughs> in there looking at all all the art, and the guy is, you, you can just see in their face, he's to, he's they're totally bored, they're they're looking for the beer garden or whatever. But it, but it's a, it's amazing how just to watch their face light up when they when they see the tractor suspended by wires. I'll, I'll have print out there of it, and and I, I I like to put that one up front because every time I, I get the guys that come in, they're like, mm-hmm. "Wow, this is cool! Finally, art I can relate to." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, this, <laughs> keep keep, re, keep on relating to it, you know." And, but it, I, I've, I've always been told my, I've got very masculine art, and, and but at the same time it, it's also very romantic. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, 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 I do get equal share. I, I, the, the the women I think enjoy my art just as much as the the males. But at, at the other booths, I think it, it's more female dominant than male. So I, I hopefully I've, I've tapped into a something nice there. But but yeah, and, and when they start seeing all the different clues, I mean, I, I've had people stand in front of my booth for 20 minutes just, and, and they go painting to painting and asking questions, and they get other people in and they're talking, and I I just stand back and just let the let the magic happen. It's it's cool to see. Well, and another painting uh, that you have on the gallery isn't is titled RTK. Tell the uh, audience about this piece. R- R- RTK um, is uh, it's another the phrase RTK is um, what does that stand for? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. It <laughs> is real time real time kinetics, which is the the math logger, thin, whatever that word is, where, where, where they use the satellites to, to pinpoint your, your position on the ground and the satellites, the more satellites you have. The GPS? Correct, yeah. And so the, the GPS are, are picking up on, on the piece that you have on the ground and, and a base station that you have nearby, and, and it's doing all this math up there, and, it, and it's feeding you with, a uh, precision of less than half an inch to where you're at on, on the world. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually more like three hundredths of an inch. But but that that's what makes land surveying so different from the average person with a GPS because the average GPS is good to within three feet. So that the RTK is the the system that 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 we use to to measure things. Um, in 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 that painting, um, I, I I reference Revelation 11, uh, but actually the painting is more about Revelation 10 through 12. 11 was just kind of the happy means. Um, but but it, it's where 
John is up and he's seeing this this vision that he's being shown of the future, and and, and there's there's people out there measuring the temple, you know, the temple, and and he's seeing all this, and and I, it's one of the things that that caught my imagination because I was saying, well, here's here's a guy that's from what zero thirty two. You know, I mean, he, he he's from mm-hmm. back back from when we had zero BC or or however you gauge the time back then. But he he was he was so far back when when they lived in wood huts, their temples were built out of stone, and 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 they either walked or rode a mule. I mean, so if if he was seeing future stuff happening, how how could he possibly relate to it and and know what that what's going on? How, how would he know what a car is, you know, or mm-hmm. or, or a skateboard or, or anything like that? And, and it was that thought that drove me to paint the RTK because when he, when he says there, there's people out there measuring the temple of God, if, if he was looking in the present time, he, he would be seeing land surveyors and, and their equipment, how, how they would measure it and... Mm-hmm. And it was just that whole thought is what I what what I put into that painting is you know it was, it was more of a trip for myself than anything. <laughs> well, Larry, your art is very unique. Is there any is there an artist though that uh, has influenced you uh, in your art or in your life in general? Um, well, well there's there's many of them. Um, the, the, my the, my most favorite artist of all time is N.C. Wyatt. He's an old illustrator. I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard of him from the history books. Um, I, I, other than him, for the for the old guys, the old dead guys, I guess you'd say, I, I really don't <laughs> dive into art history too much. Um, but present day painters, I, I I love Kent Williams, Dan McCaw, Alyssa Monks, Mark Bone. Um, the, the probably the the one artist that had the biggest influence on me, and, and and his influence was years ago because he's actually he's he's passed away, but it was back when I was in art school. I had I had one class with with an artist by the name of, of Richard Bunkle, and he he invited me to his to his um his studio in, in Pasadena, and so I I got and he painted. He painted huge. His paintings were huge, and th- this this was at, at a point where I was just learning oil paints. Uh, you know, I, I was still in the process of learning to paint the figure, and I had all these things in my head about what I wanted to do in the future. And I, I I've I've seen his you know little little postcards of his paintings and stuff, and I would ask him, I'm like, hey. You know, how could I see one? And so he invited me over to his studio, and I got to see the paintings as he was working on them. And it it just it took my breath away. Um, just, just and I, I I was in his I was in his studio when I was with a couple friends of mine, and I looked I looked at Richard. And I'm like, can, can I touch this? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. He goes, if you, if you get a wet spot though, just don't smear it. And I'm like, okay. So I was up there, and I was. Feeling the texture on his paintings, and 
And I, I remember thinking at that, that point in my life, I was just like, this is exactly what I want to do right here. I, I, I want to have a studio. I want to paint big. I want to paint oils. And everything about that, it just resonated with me, and it, that, it changed my whole life right there. It, unfortunately, pro- probably within a year of that, he died. He passed away. Mm-hmm. For, for, I think it was from Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease or something atrocious. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I, I would think um, I, I, I do have an old um, book from one of his shows that I got from the, the Mendenhall Gallery, and, and I, I look at that book. I and I just recently found it up in the attic, and when I was looking at it, I, I, I did see similarities because of the the architecture and stuff, but I mean, that, that'd be like someone someone comparing their portraiture to, to John Singer Sargent or something, because to, to me, he was just a master, and, and he, he did what he did, and I'll, I'll, I'll never do what he does, because I I see things different. You know, we, we, all, we all see things different. We have other different influences, like, like Kent William. I, I don't think Richard Bunkle was ever influenced by like someone like Kent Williams, but so I, I I hope I answered your question kind of. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, there we are, getting close to the end of the show. And one question I do like to ask our guest is uh, any uh, words of advice that they would give to someone new entering the artist world. Um. I I could give a lot of advice. I don't know if it's any good though. <laughs> uh, well, the, the the thing the thing that I I noticed when I was in art school is they they made me try every single medium out there known to man. I I've tried gouache, I've tried pastel, charcoal, watercolor. I've tried mixed media. I, I've done all the stuff, and I, and I see the purpose in doing that. But in in reality, before I before I went to school, I I, I knew I was going to use oil paints or acrylics, and and I think if I would have focused on just those two, I, I would have been leaps and bound higher. Because I to to me working in watercolor, even though I know the theory of it, and, and I I can look at other artists' watercolors, and I can I can I can see mistakes. I can see how they've cheated the natural process of watercolors by using a white or, or whatever. I, I, I can mm-hmm. professionally talk and critique a watercolor painting. There's just nothing about a watercolor painting that inspires me. Or 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 there there's no need in me for do a watercolor so the the time that the the three or four months that I spent on that semester working in watercolors to me looking back at it now was, man, I wish I could have had that time to do something else. Um, and, and along with, with the same notion is I, I'm, to, even to this day, I've always been brand loyal. I, I, I like Windsor Newton and I like gambling. My, my, my two oil paints, and I use certain colors in each one. Um, and, and I do that because when I was learning it and, and you're doing trying different colors and trying different things, you can have a burnt sienna in five different brands 
of paint, whether it's oil or acrylic, and every single color is different. Every single color dries differently. Every single mm-hmm. color is not as transparent as the other one. There's all these variables, but by me staying brand loyal, in a sense, to, to my art, I, I, I'm at the point now where I don't have to think about the paint anymore. If, if I see a color, I, I, I know how to mix it. I, I, I know whether or not right now I can look at the color and say, I can mix that, and I, and I could probably tell you how fast that color is going to dry. Ooh, that one's going to take a couple of days, or that will probably be tacky enough to go over by tomorrow. You know, I, I, I have all that knowledge in my head to, to where I'm at the point now where when, when I'm painting, it's, it's all about my ideas and, and what I want to do, and there, there's, no, there's no technical. Like, there's no struggling with the paint. There's none of that. You know, I've, 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 hopefully I've gone beyond that. And, and, that, and that's 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 what I would that, that's what I tell. There's there's other up and coming artists in our community that I've talked to. That's the one thing I always tell them is if if you're brand loyal, you, you stick to one and and, and, you, and you stick to a good one. I, I I like to push them away from the from the studio paints the the cheaper ones and and, and get a, a a decent paint with enough pigment. And learn it, and, and once once you learn it, then you can introduce a color from here, a color from here. But but your base, you'll you'll always have that, and it, it'll feel like home to you. And, and these other colors will just be visitors from other brands. And 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 that that I think is what pushes somebody from being a novice to a professional. You know, once they get to the point where you know, this this little technical stuff, that's that's nothing. That's easy. You, you move on, and it's more about your ideas. Well, Larry, that was good advice, and, and you're so right. I've often wondered why they do that. I guess if you didn't know what medium you wanted to use, I can certainly understand, you know, experimenting with, with different mediums, but it's, so many of them are so different than from each other, and it's just a whole different process that you go through, and, and a whole different style you use. Uh, I can see your point as well that you, sometimes you would uh, you could have uh, made ground just staying with you know whatever medium you preferred and and learning to master that medium. Yeah. Yep. And, and there, there's also the, the cost factor. When I was in school, I, I was a, a classic struggling, starving artist. And <laughs> when, the, when the teacher gave me a list of the gouache that I had, to, you know, the complete palette of gouache I had to go buy, I, I was looking at him like, holy cow, this is hundreds of dollars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. You know, which is crazy. Whereas, if if I would have spent my time in the areas where I was interested, I think I would have gained more knowledge. And now, in my later years, if 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 I want to if I if I want to make a little travel easel with with gouache, I'll, I'll open the Dick Book book and just order it because I I have the money to do that now, and and I'm more relaxed with that, and and I'm more up to trying new things. But yeah, back back when I was in school, that was that was very stressful. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it, it kind of drove me nuts a little bit in, in, in a good way. Larry, I want to thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speaks. No, oh, thank you. Well, it was our pleasure, too, to speak with you today, and we look forward to seeing more of your art on the gallery. All right, thank you so much. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Larry Reinhardt's stunning art, to listen to this interview, and of course purchase some of Larry's art, visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online. I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts. And while you're there, you can check out all of the upcoming competitions and exhibitions as well. And if you're an architect, interior designer, or a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. And Artist Speaks airs every other Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll meet again in two weeks, but next Saturday at this time, be sure to listen to our show, The Business of Art, hosted by artist and published author Sharon Hawkshaw, as she shares tips and ideas on how artists can grow their business. Again, thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.